Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio's Vacation Station Travel Show. Uh, it is Wednesday. It is the third Wednesday, which means we're going to chat with Cheryl Ogle. She is the owner of Hey, Wanna Go Travel. She's a world traveler, a travel advisor, and um, she really knows all about traveling in Europe, the UK, and river and ocean cruises. She goes all over the place. And um, really specializes in helping our clients with those. You know, when you're really going to uh, have like a major experience, like traveling through Europe, going on a big cruise, she's someone you want to call. So I encourage you to go to her website and she's got a great blog on there. Her website is heywanna.go.com. And today she's joining us to talk about one of her most favorite cities, which is London. Yeah. And she's been there a lot of times. So welcome back, Cheryl. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing well. How are y'all? Doing good, doing good, enjoying the summer heat and all the storms that it comes with it. Um, you know, you know how we travel around and every every place is a new experience. And that's the same thing. And in, in, no matter where you're traveling, right? Um, be prepared yes. for anything interesting that can happen. But London, um, you know, I think a lot of times people will shy away from big cities because it is like, I don't know, it's like a big maze. I'm scared, like New York City, you know, and so right. London I, and L.A. but I, from our experience, like I'm not a huge, huge city person, but once I get in it, like San Francisco, I start to realize that it's a city with a bunch of neighborhoods within the city. Like it's a bunch of right. suburbs, like it is neighborhoods, right? And is yes. London like that, would you say? I, I, yes, I do look at it like that. And you know, what's funny was the first time I went, I didn't, I, I didn't think I was going to like it because I was told I wouldn't like it. And I, I don't consider myself a city person, but I'm also not a country person. Um, but I went and as soon as I started seeing the old buildings and I looked up and someone said, "There, that's Big Ben. And it was like, wait, that's the the Big Ben? And I was just enchanted. And I love it. Um, but it makes me feel, and this is so funny, you know, living in Lubbock, Texas, small town, Texas, um, it makes me feel so cosmopolitan when I visit London because I can get around on the tube. I know where I'm going. I know the directions. I feel confident there. And that surprises me as well, which sounds sounds kind of strange. But there's so much to do. It's one mm. of these cities you could spend a year in and not see all the art or, you know, take all the little day trips. And to me, that it holds so much value because there's there's something for everyone. And you fly right into London, basically, that when you get to England, that's, you know, Gatwick or Heathrow. And, you know, I've been to London as a kid because that's where you always landed, you know, when we mm-hmm. moved there and, and visited. And it was like, wow, this is London. You know, yeah, we do have right. the London's calling from the clash still singing in the back of my head. I can't <laughs> stop that. Thanks to your blog. Um, but yeah, I mean, London has been it's such a huge thing, I think, even for students to go over um that's one of those cities when you you know when you're in college or getting out of college or before you know when you go on those trips to kind of get to know who you are and do some exploring I think London Uh is one because of not only this really really rich history but also the cultural history um you know Shakespeare and things like that you know there's the entertainment side which I know you love and if Rod Stewart's there she's going she's flying to London period. That's it. Um, off, off goes Cheryl. Yeah. But, um, but it, historically, I think um, just the theater and everything there has been of, of major note for the rest of the world. Yes. Know? 
Well, there's, I mean, you know, I'll go anywhere for Rod Stewart. I just saw him twice last week, but, <laughs> but London, I mean, I, I was in London and just on a whim back in April, went and saw Elton John at the O2 on his farewell tour, one of, one of his last handful of shows. Wow. And so the entertainment that comes to London is, is just phenomenal. And then they have their West End. And so you've got their, you know, their version of their Broadway shows, which are phenomenal. So the entertainment, I, I go, when I'm there, I, I try to see a different show every night if I can. Some, well, sometimes a matinee too. <laughs> if I'm traveling solo, I might go see a matinee. And hmm. um, why not? What, what's interesting, you talk about in, in your blog too, and everyone, we've got photos, we've got so much, and we'll put the link to it in the show notes. Um, you talk about the West End, right? And you say, you always suggest Agatha Christie's The Mousetrap. Now, yes. that's so amazing because when you think about England and, and TV and books and literature, the murder mystery, like England, listen, the, and character acting, like they know how to do the nitty gritty of gossip and drama. They really do. I, I mean, yes. to me, like you put on BritBox and I will not work for a week. That's it. <laughs> I'm out. I'm, I'm sucked into the tube, literally a different tube. But yeah. And I think when you have something like Agatha Christie, and that's something you can recommend, because you're saying it's like the longest continually running show. I had yes. no idea about that. Yes. That's amazing. And it, it's fun because it is so British. It, it's just, mm. and then they tell you at the end when they reveal who done it. I can't tell you because I'd have to kill you, but you can't share that. So it, you kind of all make a little pledge that I won't tell anyone the ending and truth be known, I've already forgotten it, but um, you can't, you don't share that with people. So you have to go experience it for yourself. The, the theater is quite small and quaint and it, it's just mm -hmm. a lot of fun. So I think it's, I think it's an important show to go see at least one time, twice if you want to try to remember the ending, but I don't remember anything. So um, mm -hmm. for entertainment. So it, it's different. It's something different to go see. So what about, you know, you've got the entertainment, but obviously the history in the museums and something in your blog I didn't know either was that the museums are free. Yes. I had no clue. Well, that's because taxes are high in England. I'm just going to say. Right. I remember that about living there. You're, yes. you're paying a lot. But I mean, if you get to be able to go to these, you know, institutions of history and culture, and get an education and be entertained and learn stuff. I mean, that is, that's, that's impressive. Exactly. And you see school children there because they're there, they may be studying one artist and they'll go. And so it's not a big expense to the school of, mm. you know, here you want to go to a museum, you're paying 15, 30, $40 a person to get in. And so even if you don't like the museum, you feel like, well, I've spent 30 or $40. I have to stay until noon and get my money's worth. There, you don't, you don't have to, you can say, you know what, I, I just want to go look at the Monet's and that that's all I'm going to see today. And you can leave. Mm. So go look at what you want to plan ahead. You don't have to get your money's worth, quote unquote, um, go and enjoy mm. it in small chunks because there's so much. I, I was in the, um, the V and a museum about a year ago and it goes on forever forever and ever and ever. And I, I wandered around for a couple of hours and thought, I'm good. I, I'm not going to see it all. I've got to, I've got to just take a small chunk and I'll be back. Oh, that's, um, you know what, but that's really true because, you know, you, we've talked on this, you know, about this on shows before that you'll go and 
you know, hey, I'm going here. Well, I need to do every square inch and you're exhausted. You're not even taking it in anymore. I don't even you cannot enjoy your vacation. You know, your vacation is supposed to still be fun, even if you're doing these, you know, most important places. There's only so much you can really take in as a human being without stopping for tea or a local, you know, brew in the pub, the local pubs, you know. So, yeah, it's true. If you want to just go see Monet, I'm I'm in. I want to see that. But, you know, the, these museums that you're talking about, these are some really iconic ones. And, yeah, you're right. You could go in and out and choose what you want for when. And, you know, that's really special. So you could be able to do more than one museum as well when you're there. Absolutely. And some of them are close to each other in proximity. And so I wandered through the V&A for a little while. And then I went over to the Science Museum and enjoyed that for about an hour, went and had lunch. And I think I went on to the Natural History Museum from there. And But I just, I saw what I wanted to see. Um, mm. You know, another another one that that is kind of, kind of an interesting thing is the British Library. And they, they housed the Magna Carta. Oh, wow. And while I had read about the Magna Carta and heard, learned about it in school, to stand there and it's like, wait, is this, is this the real Magna Carta? I mean, <laughs> it's phenomenal. So yeah, there's I, just such treasures there. Um, I, I can't, it's hard to explain really, but there, there's so much value in there. And I hear people say, I've been to London. I hate it. It's a big city that has nothing for me. And that's fine to, to each his own. Um, I, I respectfully disagree with that because I really do feel like there's something for everyone. But mm. um, some people really, they, they can't handle the crowds or the, the frustration in trying to get around or, you know, that kind of thing. They don't want to learn the tube. And so it can be hard. It's not for everyone. I happen to love it, but you, you can do day trips. You can go out to Hampton court palace. It's a 40 minute ride um, or train ride. Um, and and it's super easy. And they, they filled part of filmed part of Bridgerton out there. Henry the eighth lived there. So there, there's a lot, there's a lot of things you can go do and you feel like you're, you're out of the city. And you're just 40 minutes away. Mm. So I love it yeah. for that. If you want to go to Stonehenge, you can you can do that in a in about a six hour day and be be back to London by mid-afternoon. And Stonehenge is really important for a lot of people. Oh, it is. It is. And when you when you say that too about going out for a six hour day, like in American standards, that's a normal thing. You know, we're used right. to long distances in England. It's like, oh, it's a three hour drive. I don't know. You know, <laughs> it's a little different, you know. Um, yeah. What about, you know, you talk about the tube, but is there, do you have to, I think a lot of people are always like, oh, you know, going from the States to England or other countries in Europe, I'm going to have to drive on the other side of the road. So I know you can rent a car and do that kind of thing mm-hmm. and, and get familiar, but is there good enough transportation? I always thought England was like the epitome of public transportation. I mean, obviously you have to go on a double-decker bus. I think every, I mean, that's iconic, right? You've got to be on the double-decker bus and you must go to the top. You can't just always be at the bottom. You must get to the top. Um, Just when I was a kid, I mean, I did that and was like, I'm on a double-decker bus. Those things are like, you've got to go to the phone booth if you see one. You have to, you must. And otherwise... Don't ever call me again. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But there's some iconic things. But um, what about going out far? Like, like you're saying, is it? Do you have Ubers out? Like, what? What would you say about public transportation? 
Well, it, it just makes it easy to ground, get around. With the buses, the traffic in London's rough. And so whether you're in a bus, a black taxi, an Uber, or whatever your choice, there is a lot of traffic. So if you can manage the underground, um, it's easier because there's no traffic when you're when your story's down under the roads. But you can also use the trains very easily to get, get out of town, go do an overnight over in Bath, um, Bristol. There's there's just a lot of a lot of ease in that. If you want to rent a car, you do have to remember, and I, I have clients say, well, they drive on the wrong side. No, they drive on the other side. <laughs> it's not wrong. Yeah. Um, they, a, were, yeah. they were driving before we were. So, um, but the equipment on the car, I'm, I'm a left-handed person whose brain reads magazines backwards. So I don't think I could do it. And I'm not, I'm not willing to put others at risk for me to prove it. I think, I think mm -hmm. if I were out in the country and just started on a road with no one, I could, I'd probably be okay. But um, it does take, take some confidence and a little, little practice. And I recommend if you're going to do that, starting in a smaller town. It yeah. opens a lot of doors and lets you wander. And that, and that's true too. If you're going to Ireland or up into Scotland, it's great when you can have a car, but mm -hmm. you do have to, to be willing to do that and have, you know, make sure that you're fully insured because the last thing you want to do is go and cause an accident for yourself and for others out there. And be alert and have, you know, some, you know, if you're with someone that really helps you stay alert because it's so easy to just do what your comfort zone is. You know, I, I grew up on the other side of the road and, you know, even walking, you know, and crossing the road, you have to look a different way. And right. so, you know, that's the other thing as a pedestrian, you have to be a little bit more alert. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think I told you this when my best friend from high school came over here last year and she lives in England now, but we went, we graduated together in South Africa and so she's got a British accent, which we tease her about because she's, you know, she's South African. And then, right. well, she's British. And we found out now she's got barons and all these lords. And, you know, our friend Glenn was dug into some of her family history and sent an email to Nancy and I saying, we need to uh, bow. He has to bow and we have to curtsy to my friend. I'm like, I'm not, what, <laughs> you know, but anyway, so anyway, I've just seen her and we were I, I don't know, maybe we're driving to Lubbock. I don't, we were, you know, on the road as we always are. Yeah. I took a, I took a left turn into oncoming traffic, just yeah. totally because we were talking about something about her and, and, you know, the, you know, seeing her and everything. I went into South African brain and took a left and went home. I, I mean, I wasn't, no one was coming and I managed to get out of that situation, but it was just because my brain went into that mode and it will do it even with accents and everything like, you know, mm -hmm. just now I'll be in a different accent, but um, yeah, you, if you're not a hundred percent alert, your brain could do what I do. And, and it's whenever you take a left for some reason, you, you I go home, but maybe for Americans, if it's turning right, I don't, don't, and now I'm going to get all twirled, but you can get twirled pretty quick. So it is about really, really practicing and being alert and don't overdrive. Don't yes. drive long, too, too many hours in a day because right. you, it's so easy to slip back to your comfort zone. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just saying, you know, well, until you I, get used frankly, to it. I, I discourage driving quite a bit. And I know a lot of people do, do want to do a self-drive in Scotland and Ireland. And so that I, you know, I, I certainly I can book with a lot of warnings. 
because it, it, having a car in Ireland, it opens up so much of just, just driving around and you have the freedom to stop in these little towns. And, um, but getting a car in Paris or London and things, it just doesn't always make sense. It, most of the time it does not make sense. Parking's an issue. Most hotels do not have parking. It's not like here. You pull up at the Marriott and there's plenty of parking. That doesn't happen there. So you may be parked around the corner and um, it's it's just not a simple process. So I, I discourage it, except for when it absolutely makes sense. When you need a little more freedom in smaller areas. Yeah. But even even walking and you'll see in in the UK, you'll see, especially around London, um, a lot of signs look left, look right, you know, and so reminding you to to look the other way for traffic. I saw a man almost step off the curb. I mean, his foot was just about to go down and someone pulled him back. He was looking the wrong way. And uh, that's scary. That's that's scary. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I try to be very, very aware. I I don't cross against the lights um, unless a big group of locals are going. Then I'll put myself right in the center of a local, the locals and say, okay, I feel safe um, and go fast. But really follow the lights, follow the the instructions, um, keep yourself safe. See, I, when I excuse me, mm-hmm. that's something in my throat. When I, we lived in Mexico, I'd always go with the big trucks across the highway. Like if you're crossing a major road. Mm-hmm. and there was a bigger van or something next to me. I'm like, I'm going with them. I don't know why. I was like, here, we're having this bigger impact if it's all of us together, you know, because they're, you know. <laughs> They'll stop. Just... Well, and I don't do it if, I mean, if cars are coming, that's really if the light seems to be stuck or something and you think, okay, there is no reason this light is still red. There's nobody here. Absolutely nobody. But don't, don't just step out and hope for the best. You, you don't want to, you don't want to use your, your travel yeah. insurance. Um, that my smart clients buy. So, oh, you're so good at that, reminding people about those things because really it's peace of mind. It is peace of mind. And yeah, um, yeah you know, I, I want to go back to this being like London being just such a culturally diverse city. And that to me is a beauty of certain cities. Like, I love going to Orlando. You know, I know there's Disney and Epcot, which that's not my thing for it. It is. And I'll go mm-hmm. and have a good time. But I love going to, they have all these um, ethnic markets and and um, they had a place called the Mercado. And I met a bunch of Kenyans there. So I was in like oh. happy land and oh, yeah. could find food that I haven't eaten since I was a kid. And, mm. you know, was reminded of the language and, and they were singing songs that I knew from a childhood. And, oh my gosh, you know what I mean? It was yeah. like, and I was hearing all these different languages. And I, I love that about Orlando because it's such an international city because of Disneyland and everything. You mm-hmm. you can meet people and you go out to a restaurant and they're catering to so many different cultures. And I think that's something about London you brought up in your blog that the cultures, I mean, there's a little bit of every, and, and you can get some of the best Indian food in England that, by the way. Oh, I saying. know. It, it is amazing. Um, yeah, you can eat something different every night. If you like pub food and the fish and chips and bangers and mash and all of that, absolutely. Mm. Pub food's a great value, but you can find something different. Um, I've had wonderful kebabs and Mediterranean food and Indian food. Um, you you don't go hungry in London. You know, the, the big joke always was when you 
you know, when you visit the United Kingdom, the food's terrible. You're going to lose weight. Well, I don't lose weight when I'm in London. I tell you that. Um, I think the food's incredible. The choices. Mm. So I, and oh, I think there's a quality to it. You know, um, there's a you know, I think they understand farm to table, and obviously yes. there's some of the chain things that are you know, the, here's your frozen opportunities, um, but. Right when you start to go for the authentic experience, like I know when you're there, you're going to go to a, I know mostly you talk about boutique inns and bed and breakfast and that kind of stay. Right. So you're getting something authentic and the same with the restaurants, you know, going in it's like, Oh, we can try this, try that and get some of those real traditional London or England foods and high teas and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah. and, And you do want to do that. It's like even shepherd's pie. There are days like mm-hmm. I crave that. I miss it. I miss that as being just part of normal dinner. You know, right. that used to be on our menu every week growing up. You and know, that's funny. I, you know, it was not on ours. And honest to goodness, I am 58 and I have never had shepherd's pie. <laughs> okay. When we see you in Lubbock. All right. I think, I think you might, it's, it's got meat in it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm good with or without it, but you're from Texas. I've just, I've never, it wasn't something that we grew up having. And I, I never made it for my family. I, I don't know. It's just kind of funny. My dad makes one and, and he talks about it all the time and he tops it with sweet potatoes. And so he's oh, always wow, so different. excited when he's making that. I know when, when he tells me what he's buying at the store, I know what's coming. So um, wow, he makes that's a different. It, so I guess he needs to make it when, when I go to Albuquerque and visit. So that's, I, I, I say he this, So now I know. Yeah. Yeah. No, shepherd's pie is good. And yeah. it's one of those that you, you even the next day, it's even better. And you can change up the seasoning. Some people do a little bit more like cardamom and stuff like that in it. It, it just depends on where you're going in England and who. Because yeah. like you're saying, this cultural diversity is there because it's that big city. Um, right. But you're saying, you know, all these different things you've had. But let's talk about the sticky toffee pudding, because I know we always get in trouble talking about sweet things like cake. Oh. I know. Um, sticky toffee pudding. The first time I had it was in Liverpool and I was sharing it with, with someone. And as soon as I had my first bite, I thought, well, I don't want to share this anymore. <laughs> um, and I did, you know, I pretended I was a grown up and stuff, but all I could think about was how can I make this happen? So I, when I have something really good, when I travel, I go home and immediately try to recreate the recipe. And so I did, and I thought, oh, this is easy to make. And so I made one and then thought, well, I can't have this around my house. So I called a friend and said, hey, I made sticky toffee pudding. Come pick up the rest of it. And she did. So it, it's it's delicious. So it's a pudding is a, is a cake dessert there. And so this is really, it's like a little steamed cake that is made mm-hmm. with dates um, and they're, they're blended. You don't, so if you don't like dates, I, I, I don't like dried fruit, um, but it's, you don't know that it's soaked in hot water and then blended. And anyway, it's a whole cake thing. And served with with caramel on top, and then usually some ice cream or custard. Um, so everywhere I go, if there's sticky toffee pudding on the menu, I feel oh man, I feel like I'm well. It's it's just a service I offer, and and it's it's got like you know the date. I, I forgot about it being date based, mm-hmm. but that that brings this earthiness to it, and then the the mm-hmm. topping. Oh yeah, listen, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's really it is decadent. It's delicious. You know what I miss is digestive biscuits. I know that's a weird thing to bring up, but everybody would have that afterwards. Like at, yeah. at the end of meals in England, you know, there was the cheese tray 
when did mm-hmm. when did we have the cheese? Why our country doesn't have cheese trays at night? I well, want a cheese tray. <laughs> yeah, I want the cheese tray. I don't know if my belly wants it. Like really? Yeah, um, we can make that happen. Often you'll see that as an option for dessert, though. Yeah, exactly. Do you want a cheese board? Yeah. Oh, yes, I do. Cheese yeah, board there, with so. a little sherry mm-hmm. or you know that kind of thing. And that's mm-hmm. the other thing, sherry. Yes, listen sherry and brandy was a big deal too as i recall but i wasn't you know allowed to do that i was a kid well, you watching were like the adults or something so, yeah you know i was a kid i was yeah, yeah. eight eight i think i can't remember but well, and, and so i went there as an adult yeah. too but okay you know, it was a while ago you know, yeah. I, I don't drink much and so i there there is a cocktail that i have found in london um and it doesn't have the nicest name so i always kind of blush a little when i order it um but a porn star martini is so good. Carol. I know, right? Um, anyway, I I love that. And it's just it's just better there. And so I may I may indulge when I'm oh, in London. But really, <laughs> so is this a, a specific place or is this like something that everybody knows about? It I guess everybody knows about it. You'll see it on, on Except a lot for of me. Movies. Except yeah. for you. Here, well, it's not called a porn star martini here. Often it's called like a passion martino because it's oh passion i've had one of the um, oh and, and i've had that yeah oh. sir, served with a little shot of prosecco and that that's all oh. that i'm gonna say about it um because you'll just need to google it i can't i can't speak oh, more I'm, I'm it I'll blush more yeah but, listen you can call it the porn star martini but just don't don't call it the barbie thing i'm i'm done with the barbies like <laughs> can we just stop with the barbies i didn't even get to- barbies when i was a kid so i don't see me picking it up at my age I had Barbies when we lived in England and it lasted a month. And everybody, t- you know, my mom told people, do not give her dolls. Do not give her Barbies. She is a tomboy. And then I turned everybody into punks because that was what was going on in England at the time. It was the punk era. And that's what yeah. was around me. And I grew up in Africa with, you know, it was like, oh, we're doing that hairstyle like they did in Africa. Well, mm-hmm. and earrings and like how everything. Yeah. Yeah. So because um, I was always. Oh, this is what we have around here. Well, this Barbie doesn't have normal hair. That's not what's going on now. So Barbie got a Moloch. I'm just saying. So anyway, you can have your porn star martini and I'll give Barbie a Mohawk. Sounds like a good cocktail combination, but you know, that's fair for sure. But Um, but, that's interesting about that. I had a passion fruit martini in um, Portland at a Peruvian restaurant and it was with passion fruit juice and um, it had some habanero or something with it. So it had the spice and the rim was spiced oh. and it was this sweet and spicy. And it was like not over sweet because it was passion fruit it has that balance. Ooh. Oh, it was. And that meal was one of the most, it's weird. Cause I'm not a big foodie foodie, but like when you experience a meal like that, you will never forget it. You will never right. ever forget it. And it was Peruvian and they had avocado and this, um, uh, quinoa and I don't know it was this amazing meal with music and it was just oh I'm in heaven now leave me Uh, I'm good (laughs) but that yeah it was just this thing and and I think that's something when you go to places like London have that meal that you don't have at home you know don't go to McDonald's in London really unless you have to you know sometimes you do but you know what I mean it's it's doing the the real English 
food if you well, can. That's it. Have have the breakfast. Do the full English brekkie. You know, even if you're not a breakfast person, mm. go do it once. Um, why not? You know, it has the the mushrooms, the tomatoes, the beans. Oh, the the fried tomato. That's the only way I really eat tomatoes properly is yeah. if they're like a like that or spaghetti, right? It's like you have yeah. to. Cook. That that's it. Oh my gosh! Why are we back on food again? I don't know. We'll always I'm do sorry this. I did that. But okay, you know, let's go the, for a walk. Let's go for a walk also, down. No, go oh, ahead. It's hot and gross in Lubbock. There's no walking. Um, but there's also the the black pudding or the blood pudding oh. that that is yeah. served with breakfast. Yes, I and you know haggis up up in Scotland. You know, so try try the unusual things. Take one taste. You know, don't you're not a three year old. Don't take take one taste. Don't don't turn your nose up and go. I'm not trying that. You know, try it. You might like it. There, you know, there there are some Just things that are really good. Try it. Try yeah, it. Yeah, you know why? Even if you don't like it, you go. I don't need to do that again. But now I know what people are talking about, and you have a sense memory of it. Exactly. And I think, and I think you know, also for people that are in um, in the arts of writing. Um, if you're a filmmaker, um, all of that, right? Yeah. You should try these things so that you yes. have it as material. You know what I mean? It's yes. You know, people that I know that write or you know authors, they do travel, and so they could say, "Oh, this, you know, he sat and had some blood pudding," and right. he can write that that way and understand what it tasted like, or you know. Exactly. But How I've eaten some. Go ahead. I've had steak and kidney pie. Yeah. And I don't need to do it again, but I I left certain parts of it and I ate some parts of it, but like, yeah, then I discovered Cornish pasties and I'm mm. in love with those. Those are, oh. yeah, yeah. The food thing is, and here's the thing too, shopping in London, I, England has some of the best sweet shops on the planet. I don't know if America is quite caught up to it. I know we have some amazing, you know, shop, sweet shops and I have some favorites. England, and when you go to London, you've got shopping, you've got, you've got the world at your fingertips, really, of fashion, yes. of toys. Mm -hmm. I remember toy stores as a kid. I mean, maybe it's just because I was, you know, come out of the bush of Africa, and here I am in London going, mommy, look at toy stores. <laughs> you know, this, thing, is this? this really <laughs> exists. Like, and this is like a, this is like, you know, a palace of, of fun. Yeah. Um, I, what is it still like that with with shopping with really I don't know yes. it just makes even if you're not a shopper you suddenly want to be a shopper and you you might just you know lose your bank account real quick <laughs> the, the shopping the shopping options there are incredible and you can you can find discount stores or you can go wander through Harrods and the only thing I've ever been able to afford in Harrods has been a little um no I've gotten a couple of handbags there but um I don't know that I could afford them but I bought them anyway um, but Christmas ornaments or a little piece of chocolate. I always take chocolate home to my dad. Um, mm. So Harrods is fun to walk through and see how maybe that 2% live or half a percent or something. It's crazy. But there, there are other chains. There are other independent stores. You can find everything there. And I feel like the prices, not at Harrods, but the prices at other places are very reasonable. So often if I'm, if I'm going, um, like I was traveling, when was I there? In April. And so spring, so I went and bought quite a few spring clothes to bring back home. I always bring an extra tote that folds up in my suitcase, then I can open it and have a have another carry on. Um, so when I go back in, when am I going back? November and then again in December, 
I will probably take an extra suitcase and probably plan to purchase my winter coat in London. Mm. And, and you can swap out what's in your suitcase. Bubble. You can yeah. always swap out what, I mean, really the thing is, you know, I, I mean, you know how we travel, Nancy and I travel in Repetsit. Yes. So our whole idea of what we used to wear mm -hmm. um, as business professionals and what we wear today um, this is why we're audio today. Thank you very much, because I'm covered in donkey drool. But you know, this is it. I got home it. at midnight last night too. So I'm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're all we're all we're all a happy mess of travelers. Yeah. But that's the thing. And really, if you're wearing um, the ultimate, I mean, maybe when you're going, you know, to the West End or something, there's you know, in a fancy dinner in London, and and there's there's certain times, right? right. But as travelers, especially if it's your first time. Just always make sure you have the best shoes. I just want to say this to everybody. Just be comfortable and have really good shoes and, and a way of layering. And don't overdo what you're taking there because if you want to buy stuff, you can put it in your suitcase and toss the stuff that is, you know, you've worn for a week, well, you know, that maybe isn't the most important thing. Yes, yes and no to some extent is is one thing I I really urge you to not take things. Okay, now. I do tell women, you know, travel in your old, maybe old undergarments um, that maybe you won't throw away at home, but they could, they could be thrown away and pitch those, but don't pitch. So I, there's a big trend in throwing your things away while you're oh, there. Don't ever throw it don't, away. Don't throw exactly, it away. Don't, yeah. Don't no, no, go no. to another country with the purpose of throwing your things away. Um, mm -hmm. Wash them, have them cleaned and donate them. Um, yeah. If you abs I had to leave a pair of boots in England once and I left a note and they were in great condition, but I didn't have room for them and it, they had to go. And so I left a note for the, for the housekeeping that I am leaving these, I'm donating because I didn't want them to get in trouble with showing up with, they were brand new boots right. and, and have them say, wait, did you steal those? And so I, you know, room, room 314, whatever I am, I am leaving these, donating these, um, but don't, yeah, don't, don't go fill up their landfills with the, Listen, the stuff you need to deal our, with. Our here. bed and breakfast friends, whenever we show up, they, they go, Hey, here's all the bottles of wine and liquor people have left at the B&B &B and we've been saving it for you because we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and there's things that I've never heard of. And I'll look at it, Nancy and I look at it and Nancy goes, Oh, come on, let's try it. You know, we're, we, you know, we live right. once, let's try it. You know, you know how Nancy. Heck yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, don't mess with mom on that, you know, and but it's like I, it is so funny because there's certain places we go. They're like, oh, we've been we've been, you know, keeping these for you. And and um, right. we had one friend who had a hotel and she had a whole like, you know, lost and found section because her hotel is over 120 rooms. Mm. Like, no kidding. That's a lot of rooms. Yeah. So things would happen. And, and some things you're like, I ain't touching that, you know, but <laughs> just yeah. Don't ever touch it um but but yeah it is you know you can leave things i just you know we travel so light but if you find something of value and you want to take it home like you know i have a friend who just came back from africa and she's like i i went with and i saw her suitcase oh my gosh like her suitcase is a little bit bigger than a briefcase i mean that small mm. and she's like no i kept everything light it's it's warm out there you hand wash it, get over it. You know, you got yeah. hair dryers, you know, Africa mm -hmm. does have hair dryers, even the, in the safari camps. And right. she came back with treasures that nobody else has, you know, handmade right. jewelry from the Maasai and things like that, that her home is that, and you cannot, I mean, I'm sorry, a pair of jeans, you know, 
unless it's from Harrods, doesn't doesn't cut it. You know what I mean? Right. You know, so it is. Well, it I, is. Yeah. Yeah. Pack, pack light. Do not pack everything, but the, and the kitchen sink because that that limits what you've got. I want to. I don't mind hand washing, and I I, I take laundry sheets. Um, these little. It looks like a bounce sheet, but you tear off a bit. Yeah, they're cool. And yeah, they're perfect. And so, yeah, I absolutely do laundry as I go, and I might pack. Yeah, it's funny. I've got some, someone traveling, I think tomorrow. And the man was saying, okay, well, I've got eight pairs of jeans. And I thought eight pairs of jeans. I've done five weeks with two pairs of jeans. Yeah. Cause you can wear jeans for, I mean, and the best thing about wearing jeans out is they, you start to feel skinny because they start to stretch out. And then you're like, oh, I'm losing weight on the vacation. Then you yeah, wash them and you go, like, oh, time to find a I didn't. Mat and really get these washed. <laughs> But there, there are laundromats as well. And you can go do, you know, self-service laundry somewhere See, Nan- as well. Nancy and I are really the worst because we are like, we do parks and all of that kind of stuff. So we're a little on the dirty, like Nancy yeah. and I know, like, you know, we, we, if you're going in the swampy areas, you're not going to want to wear jeans because it's too hot and it, it's not a, a fun thing, but right. um, we were um, nurses. Um, what are they called? Scrubs. And mm-hmm. They are the, they, they're the most comfortable thing, but however, ours are going off the market. So wherever we travel, I go to every Walmart or any place you can buy nurses outfits and look for this one style because the new version sucks. So it's like, we're on to get nurses gear. And now they're actually selling their shoes as travel pieces because their shoes are so sturdy. And so now I'm going to, I'm going to go and probably review them, I think, because that's a, I mean, when you're walking the city, wouldn't you say good shoes? Like if you're going to do London, don't think high heels and, and walking all no, day through museums. You'll, you'll hurt yourself in heels. And, and I pull out my clunky old Clarks. Well, they're not old, but um, they are not fashionable, but I have plantar fasciitis perpetually. And so I have to wear good shoes. And, and I also take a pair of, of um, tennis shoes that are, they're slip-on sketchers. They're the only things that are truly comfortable to me. And I, and I look like an old man and you know what? I don't care. Yeah. So what, to me, it, it's more important. I've got to be comfortable because I'm going to be walking 10 to 20,000 steps a day, most mm. days. And so I can't, um, you know, I, I can't wear something that's super cute, whatever, because that doesn't work for me. Well, London too, and you, you know, here is the setting of London. You've got the Thames, the River Thames, right? And yes, um, that is, I mean, that's just one of the most world's most iconic rivers too. And then you've got mm-hmm. the, the Tower. Oh my, we need to talk about this because you've got Trafalgar Square. Now mm-hmm. I've been there. I know I've been there as a kid and I always thought, oh my gosh, that's Trafalgar Square. And I bought candy there. I have vivid memories of wine gums. Sorry, I know that means nothing to anybody, but <laughs> hey, listen, wine gums in England are not what you get here. Just saying, um, wine gums are are really good. <laughs> I don't even know the words you're saying. <laughs> wine gum, like you haven't you haven't done that? You haven't listen. No. Okay, next time you go to England, I'm you 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 need to go on a candy mission. London, England has the best sweets or well now i'm gone british see right candy that yeah. i mean it is it is sugary goodness everybody must experience it there's right. things like rock which is like a hard 
candy thing. Um, it's like a big peppermint, but not necessarily peppermint. And you you basically break your teeth on it, chew on it. It's really good. Um, okay. It's like, you know, you have a peppermint cane, like a Christmas cane thing and a little candy cane. But this okay. is like a big inch thick okay. tube of sugary goodness. There's huh. like, you, you can't have like French nougat, like here. No, we don't. We call it nougat here and nugget. I don't know whatever we call it mm-hmm. here, but oh, you can't beat that over there. Oh my gosh. This is a decadent thing. And Turkish delights. I mean, mm-hmm. do you, do you want me to go into the world of Candyland in England? It is magical. Wine gums are like um, a step up, a big step up from gummy bears ever thinking of being a gummy bear like any of our stuff of that no uh easter eggs like so cadbury's eggs no cadbury's there versus cadbury's here no different i mean no no compare like no, no comparison right no no the cadbury egg in england is it they yeah. have the nice hard chocolate shell with the nice goopy minty yellow oh, deliciousness on the center the flake the crunchy bar. Yes. Yep. Even the Smarties. I mean, okay, don't. Now, this is the cru- this is the cruelest conversation we've ever had. This is the, I mean, there's, you know, um, oh. jelly tots. Have you had jelly tots yet? No. Oh, you must. Oh, yeah. But you this know, is I'm really good. A, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. There are other I things know. that I might want better. They do. Well, I just remember things. this candy. I got hooked on the candy and my dentist has never been happy with me in my life but the candy See, Cad- there Cadbury mm-hmm. has you can get this little bag and it's called Cad um, caramel nibbles and it's a little disc of chocolate um with caramel on the inside and I think the bag is and yeah I I would disagree with that statement but I always bring those home and they're they run about um two pounds fifty or so each bag but I bring home quite a few bags and I, I had saved one. I'd given one to my mom. I had saved one from my dad. And then in a, in a, in a rough day of anyway, with a lot of stuff going on, I grabbed it and it was dinner. So dad missed out on his this round, but, but I know, no, we had a ton of shepherd's pie. Well, yeah, he made himself, but um, no, there was a lot of other chocolate too, but the, the caramel nibbles did not make it to him and they they are wonderful just because Cadbury is just very different over there and it's it is different I I can't explain it yeah Yeah, and crunchy bars there's you know Mars bars um yeah I mean it's just I I I, you know my body does not need to hear all of this but it is delicious if you love candy and you like chocolate and you like all those sweet treats England is just full of it. And it's in, in, in a good way when I say yeah. full of it, but I want to go back to walking off all of this conversation because this has just been a very dangerous one for my body. Cause now um, I might have to go finish that bag of M&Ms that we have. That's Ugh. really. Well, cause now I'm bag. hungry because I've been gone for eight days or something and yeah. my groceries won't be delivered for another couple of hours. So I, Oh yeah. No well, that's it. There. I know. So anyway, I wanted to go to the River Thames and what you can experience on that, because I mean, this is something very historic. Um, like you're saying in, in your blog that, you know, there's all the, um, you know, there's Parliament Square. There's, you know, like we were talking about Trafalgar Square. There's, you know, all these museums, but there's some really iconic places. Westminster, Westminster Abbey. When we mm-hmm. got to England, um, 
one of the first things we experienced was Lady Di getting married. And oh. it was in there. And and everybody, I mean, the street was shut down. Everybody was, a, talk about, the TV was on. Everybody had all the trinkets in their house. It was all laid out. like, And it was actually really one of the most beautiful ceremonies. And Westminster yeah. Abbey, I know I went there as a kid. Um, oh, it's, oh it's amazing. It, it, uh, it's amazing. And I have people who tell me I'm not religious. I have no interest in it. And I said, well, go for the architecture. Um, you know, and give it a right. chance for that because it really is such an iconic place. And when you see the columns and um, it, it's, it, it's, it's hard to describe really. It's magnificent. Um, oh, it's very over, ornate. It's right. very and there, ornate. And there's over 3,500 um, remains there. Wow. buried and, and and interred there and some some it's just parts of them and so it's it's something I feel like it's important to see and you can get the you get the free headset and you can go through they have a little highlights tour and you can go through breeze through and be out in an hour um or you can visit every room and uh, Mary Queen of Scots is interred there so it's it's very interesting to wander through um you'll learn so much so it's not about um, quote unquote, go, going to church. If, if you're not religious, that's, that's really not what it's about. But then also if you are religious and you want to experience something different, you can go to a service there. Um, you know, check the times they do have services daily and there's no charge to go in. Of course you can't wander around after, but it gives you a little peek of it. If that's enough for you. I attended a communion service there with one oh, of wow. my daughters and it, I'll, oh, I'll wow. never forget it. It was just really special. So wow. it was, yeah, some it was something neat to need to participate in. So I, I don't think you need it. to be of you know that. I mean, just personally, I think it's it's something special, no matter what your beliefs are, right? And it's part of travel is to put yourself in other people's uh, spiritual and cultural placements in life, what they believe in, and to experience it because it creates it fosters understanding and whether or not spiritually you agree or not, when you go in, it's like something to be respected. And that respect line is so important. And you realize that people really do just want good in life. I mean, yes, we have the crazy criminals and like Jack the Ripper of London, right? From historic times, yep. bringing that up, right? Um, and I know that's a, oh, that's something you can really go and experience too. But that is, that's a very unique evening tour and a little creepy but I've done it several times and it really you get such a feel for, for what things were like in the late 1800s and why, you know, the, these were prostitutes who went missing and were killed and why were they in prostitution? It's easy to sit back and go, well, they just made really bad life choices. Yeah, not so much. Um, it, it is a very interesting tour and I highly recommend that one. If you, you know, and, and they do show some, some gory pictures that you can look at or not. Um, I tend to look away because I don't, like a lot of things in my brain that are creepy but yeah, she's um, not sleeping after that uh porn star martini and jack <laughs> ripper in the same night <laughs> yeah um, no, that's not no, happening no. but it's it is very interesting and then they all all the guides have their theory on who they think it was and so they'll ask you and you can kind of tell wh who they think you know is it you know is it so i'm, I'm not going to give that away either but it, it is something that that's unique to do a jack the ripper evening tour wow there's so, well. much, there's so much. There's so much in London. Yeah. Um, the Tower of London, that's the one thing I want to close with because I know that that's something very dear dear to you yes. and, and it's something that you go to. And I remember 
talking with you and then Glenn, you know, Glenn Burr was on, was on the show once and I said, mm-hmm. what's going on with the Tower of London? Because this is like, he's like, it's a big deal. This is an ancient tradition. And if you're in London, you must experience it, just like you said. So please tell everybody about what goes on at the Tower of London that people must experience. Oh, it, well, so it dates back over a thousand years. And it has been, it's been. A she prison. says that so flippantly, like, oh, it's only a thousand years ago. No, I you mean, know. it's, it's, it's amazing. It, that's yeah. And, and I didn't go my first, I think my first three or four times I had not gone to the London, my first three or four times to, to London, I had not visited the tower. Um, didn't have time, didn't really have that much interest in it until I went the first time. And then I thought, oh, now I get it. Um, it sits right on the Thames. And so that, that's an interesting thing as well. The, um, the crown jewels are housed there. And so as soon as you get in, what I recommend to people, if you're going the first today, go immediately get in line to see the crown jewels. And they are guarded so much. If you even thought about thinking, could I, could I put my fist through and grab it? You would, um, you would not survive that attempt. They, they are highly guarded. Um, the ravens, it's a, that's a big deal. The ravens that live there as well, live on the grounds. Um, oh, for, cool. Yeah. Um, the beef eaters will give give tours, and those are free. That's included with your entrance, and they really bring it to life. And I've seen families go through with kids of all ages, and these beef eaters are are theatrical, often, and so they they bring it to life. So it's not you're not dragging your kids to some thousand year old building that you know the kids are going to be bored. This is this is the kids' playground. They're going to absolutely love it because you go in all these different towers. It's it's spread out. And so you go in and you you can experience what it was like, you know, these cells and these areas. And then you hear about um, people who were executed there in, you know, including a pair of brothers, young brothers. And so, I mean, there there's just a lot of lot of history there that's very important. But one of my favorite things, and I tell all my clients about it, and I, I usually stay up all night trying to get them tickets, is every night they have an official um, closing of the Tower of London. And it's called the Ceremony of the Keys. And, you know, being, being British, of course, it's pomp and circumstance because they, it's what they're all about. And so it's very difficult to get tickets. So they go on sale. So August 1st, tickets would have gone on sale for all of September. And they are sold out usually within um, six hours. And so mm. I, I wake up at between four and five o'clock in Texas and start refreshing my browser because they, they're not specific on when they go on sale. It, it's just noon ish um, on the first in the UK, and wow. so um, they the cost is low. It's five or six pounds a ticket, and so I usually will just yeah. give these to my clients. Um, but you can buy six at a time, and so in December I'm going to have a time where I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people in London at the same time at the same hotel, um, traveling separately. But I want to be sure to get tickets for all of them, so that may take a little coordination with some other travel advisor friends. But you you show up at and we have a whole thing um, reservations at a next door restaurant that's fantastic and also has the best sticky toffee pudding in the world. Oh, um, and then you go over for the ceremony of the keys and this is this is they they tell you how that how it's going to be done and how they lock it up and close it and it's just really a unique experience that um, last time I happened to have two extra tickets and I saw these two gals walk by and I said hey are you do you want to, she, she kind of looked like what, what's going on here. And I said, I have two extra tickets. If you want to stay. And, and it was right when we were walking in and they came in and she said, we didn't read about this in any of the 
guidebooks. We plan our own trip. And I said, oh, you, it's something you don't know about. You didn't know Cheryl. You don't know Cheryl. <laughs> exactly. you, well, you don't know what you don't know. And so I was yeah. so grateful that I was able to give them that experience. They were just in awe. I I tell people it's a once in a lifetime experience, but I've I've done it like five times now. Yeah. Um, I I know that you 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 were saying that someone didn't understand the value of it, and you're like, oh, you are so missing out if you go to your hotel. Right. Yeah, yeah for some this. people, they say, no, I don't want to do that. It's you know, or it's it's too late at night, and it is late. It's a late evening. It starts at nine thirty. You need to be there at nine fifteen. And if you miss it, when they close the gates, you've missed it. Oh, and so wow. I did, I recently had one client who I had gotten him tickets and he said, I couldn't find the entrance. And so oh. he missed it. And I, I just hated that for him because he's such a history buff, buff and he would have oh. loved it. But um, things happen and, you know, it, it That's is travel. It is. Travel, exactly. travel. Yeah. Travel really makes you understand what you know and love. And, and, and in closing, I know, because, we, man, we've had a good conversation here, man. This is this is a good time here. I, I do want to bring this up, though, because I know London was one of your first, you know, excursions out in life mm-hmm. of, of mm-hmm. traveling, you know, internationally. And yes. what do you think? I mean, having traveled a bit in the States and everything, but going overseas and then starting with what you've done now, here you are helping everybody travel. And obviously, you, you know, you've got the bug and, and have learned your way around and, and studied and, you know, you've got all the courses and credentials and all of that stuff, which actually is quite a lot of work because you're talking internationally, right? And understanding yes. different languages and different cultures and laws. That's another thing. But mm-hmm. when you start going out to places like London that you would never have thought that you would have done or even the Tower of London. Once you've stepped over that and out of your comfort zone of thinking what you knew, now do you know more about yourself by putting yourself in these newer circumstances? Does that make sense? Like yeah. you know a hundred percent yes. Yeah. And I'll I I read a quote not too terribly long ago about so one I guess I'll jump in and say one pet peeve is when people say that's weird. And I cannot tolerate that in travel. Some things are weird in your life, but but other countries are not weird and they do things differently. Um, and that's okay. It's supposed to be different. And so a quote I recently read is that other countries were not made to make you comfortable. They were made to make their own people comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so get out of your comfort zone. You okay. may be uncomfortable. Um, it's not weird. It's different. And you'll either love traveling internationally or you'll do one trip and say, I am never leaving the USA again. And that's okay, too. It's that's, not. Yeah, it's better but to stay than to be yeah. grumpy and complaining. I absolutely agree, because it's like, you know, when you listen to music, like other people may not like Rod Stewart and you'll go like, what's wrong what? with you? Nothing. I know. See, but it's not, it's like everybody has their cup of tea. Like, you know what I like, and you know, I'll, I'll sit and listen to ACDC in the middle of the night, you know? Yeah. So it, it's, everybody's a little different and that's mm-hmm. good. Otherwise exactly. we have nothing to learn from each other. If what we're a, all what a boring place. If we were all the same. I know, I know. And it's, and it's so good to, like we were talking about going to Westminster Abbey, no matter what your beliefs are, your spiritual beliefs, I go to all kinds of churches and cathedrals mm-hmm. and mosques and, and I find value and life lessons in all of them. You know, Absolutely. I don't particularly believe in everybody's different things on it, but there's a life lesson I always learn from every right. single one. I've something that I learned that I go, huh, I should right. incorporate more of this into my life. 
you know? Well, absolutely. We, we need to have better conversations about why, why we believe what we believe. Um, and I don't just mean religion. I mean, you know, everything mm-hmm. is we need to have grown up conversations and know, know where we stand, know who we are and learn from others. What, what makes you tick? And um, yeah. I, I appreciate that when, when you and Nancy come visit, um, we have those conversations and we sit around the table way too late talking. Um, about oh, you, you have the kitchen table, which is very South yeah. African. That, that was how I grew up, like the kitchen yeah. table. Yeah. It's either tea or wine. Um, and, <laughs> tea, and that's tea how it was. Wine for y'all. But, yeah, I know. But, but, but it was always tea. learned so much. You know, yeah. when something happens, everybody gathered around the kitchen t- and there's always a kitchen table. I mean, I think, I think we need more kitchen tables, like, you know, dining room, kitchen table, but like not the formal dining room table. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the one where, you know, a friend comes in crying because her boyfriend's gone or something, whatever mm-hmm. you sit down, you put the kettle on, you don't even say, do you want tea? You just put it on. Right. And you sit down and no one's judging each other about makeup running from crying or anything yep. stupid like that. It exactly. is. Let's just be there and mm-hmm. things get better. It's like as soon as that kettle goes on, everybody, I don't know, there's something about the tea kettle that I know it's very British, probably, you know, from, <laughs> but I mean, we all, I mean, that's, that was it. It was always a kettle. And I love my kettle. <laughs> I, I know the kettle. It's like it yeah. is, um, I don't know. It's this iconic. It's almost like a, you know, a talking stick of, Hey, all right, this is what's going down. We're going to sort this. We're going to sort like, that's what Melissa says, sort this, not sort this, sort this. We're going to sort this. We're going to take care of it now. And we're going to have a really good chat about, we're going to catch up and it doesn't matter how many cups of tea we have or wine. And maybe we will have sandwiches and maybe we will have sticky toffee pudding you know, that's okay. In adult conversations, you are allowed to have sweet treats. You're allowed. Of course. Um, of course. It cancels the calories out, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But, and talking, by the way, we're using a lot of muscles and laughter. We use a ton. So the more we well, smile and laugh, the better. There's a lot of, lot of therapy in, in gathering around together and sharing experiences. And we grow from each other. And that's just so important. Yeah. And travel does that. Travel makes you step out of bounds, your Mm -hmm. bounds, your own bounds, your own boundaries that, you know, and understand that, you know what, the only boundaries really are what we put on. And of course, you know, we have to have passports and stuff. That's what Cheryl helps you with. Um, And, you know, you have to have those things, which I wish we didn't even have to. I'm one of these people that just wish we didn't even have to have, you know, I I understand that everybody will get mad at me but I just wish we could just all just get along and travel <laughs> you I know. know what I mean and I, I think the more we do my rose covered glasses you know and then we've got visas who that are coming in 2024 but that that's for another conversation mm. so we should definitely talk about that talk about we have to yes. do a paperwork call for sure well Cheryl always a pleasure having you on the show uh, Miss Nancy yes. says hi um yes. Everyone, heywannago.com is a website for Cheryl. Her blog is on there. Also, her upcoming trips and cruises. She has group travel things that she does that are amazing. And, of course, keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. Cheryl's here every third Wednesday. We always have a great time. And uh, you take care, Cheryl. We'll see you soon and talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you all for listening.